Hello friends, and welcome back to Mixology, where today we're taking a look at the classic debut album by The Doors, released in January of 1967. Now, I covered this album a little bit on last week's episode of Back to Mono, so if you want to hear a couple of songs in full, and with a bit more information as well, go and check that out. But for now, I'm just going to cover the fact that this album was recorded in late 1966 and released at the beginning of 67, and it still blows my mind that sonically this came out of that period. It's a very rough and ready production, but it still sounds very much like the sort of production you'd get at the turn of the decade, with that more rock instrumentation really showing through. With that in mind, however, let's take a little listen to the opening track, Break On Through to the Other Side. Released in both mono and stereo mixes in 1967, until the 50th anniversary, the mono mix had never been reissued digitally, only on the original mono LPs and on a Record Store Day mono LP reissue. The stereo, however, has remained heavily in print since. There has also been a remix that we won't be looking at today, but most of all, the original stereo is what people will come to know this album and the original mono mix by comparison is one that while punchy and gritty maybe overemphasizes that too much there's a complete lack of mid-range in the mix and it often distorts heavily most notably on Jim's vocals and the drums also have a harsh sizzle sound to them throughout although they are definitely more prominent and upfront in mono consistently however on some speakers, especially with the slightly worn original LP, the mono mix does shine, although the stereo mix, especially on some audiophile reissues, really stands out as a surprisingly pleasant sound. But which one should you be listening to, as both are now equally available? That's the purpose of this episode of Mixology, so let's dive straight in with the opening track and the one we've already heard a little bit from, Break On Through to the Other Side. As I've said already, the mono mix is pretty crunchy and the drums really sizzle by comparison. On top of this, the vocal is often louder in stereo and this track is no exception to that. To get a feel for the sonic difference between the two mixes and the vocal placement, let's hear a little section of the mono first and then move into the stereo. You know the day destroys the night into stereo one notable difference however is that in the mono mix during the instrumental break Jim's yelps and general ad-libs are mixed drier when compared with the stereo where there's more reverb applied to them here they are in mono first, and then we'll play them again in stereo, where that reverb and echo stands out that bit more. 
and again in stereo. Moving along to track two on the album, Soul Kitchen, we once again get the same crunch and the louder drums in mono, but here there is a key difference. When the chorus comes in in mono, the vocal rides up as in the faders on the mixing desk have been pushed that little bit more to give it a bit more of a punch as it comes in, while in stereo it remains at a more constant volume. What I'm going to do to give you a flavour for the mix difference and this dynamic shift is play this section stereo first where it's cleaner and obviously the vocal remains constant and then again in mono with the crunchier sound and the vocal jumping up when the chorus comes in. Again in mono. The cars crawl past all stuffed with eyes. Street lights share their hollow glow. Your brain seems bruised with numb surprise. Still one place to go. Still one place to go. Let me sleep all night in your soul kitchen. And at the end, the final crash is lower in volume in mono, interestingly. Here it is in mono first, and then again in stereo. And again in stereo. When analysing the next track, The Crystal Ship, I noticed an edit that definitely I cannot unhear, and the same will be for you if you've never noticed it. The opening a cappella line of The Crystal Ship is very clearly spliced onto the rest of the track, as Jim's vocal completely changes tonality and sort of ambience when the main track comes in. However, this does present us with a nice difference, and that is in mono, this opening line is basically bone dry, whereas the stereo has some echo applied to it to make it sit more with the rest of the track. Here that is in mono first, and then again in stereo. Before you slip into and again in stereo. Before you slip into during the track itself, the vocal dominates the mix in stereo, while things remain more cohesive by comparison in mono. Again also, the drums are higher in the mix, and things get quite crunchy. We'll be looking at a later point in the mix in a second, where things just get unbearably so. But for now, let's compare that balance of the vocal, starting with the mono and moving to the stereo, where the vocal jumps out. In the instrumental break, the piano is much wetter in stereo when compared with the mono. Let's start with the mono, and we'll move to the stereo where the echo amps up. 
into stereo. And finally at the end where things really build up, the crunch as I mentioned is almost unbearable in mono, which is a real shame. Here it is in stereo first, then we'll move to the mono where things just crunch in and really get a nasty clicky sensation over the top. The crystal ship is being filled into mono. Track 4, 20th Century Fox, an amusing play on words if you like, is very texturally similar between the two mixes, although the usual brighter and crisper differences definitely apply between the two mixes. However, what is definitely different is that the bass is definitely much more defined in stereo, likely due to the improved mid-range and the effective low end of the stereo. Here it is in mono first, then we'll move to stereo, where things obviously open up, air up, and the bass really defines itself. Into stereo. The first of two covers on the album, Alabama Song, or Whiskey Bar as it's probably more colloquially known, is pretty close, but the piano in the solo is much louder in stereo by comparison. Let's start the solo in mono, and then we'll move to the stereo where that really leaps out. Into stereo. distortion once again gets overbearing in mono here where it really builds up in that last chorus dynamically and as a result almost reduces the dynamic in the mono. Let's start with the stereo where things are nice and airy then move to the mono where things crunch down and while they get quite a cool grittiness to them it's quite unpleasant on the ears as well especially on headphones. To mono. The last track on side one, Light My Fire, the absolute smash hit for the doors that launched them onto the music scene, has a few little differences for us to delve into. The stereo does run slightly slower than the mono, not just in a tape speed difference, but in a way that is definitely notable as the key gently changes between the two. The snare itself also becomes more overbearing in mono. Before we get to a couple of other differences, let's analyse these first. We'll start with the slightly slower stereo and move to the mono. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar. Into mono. If I was to say to you, girl, we couldn't get much higher. If we jump to the verse after the rather extended instrumental break, you'll notice that the vocal definitely is wetter in stereo when compared to the mono, but here is where it's really audible in the mix. We'll start with the mono and move to the stereo where that extra echo comes across. The time to hesitate is through. No time to wallow in the mire. 
into stereo. China, we can only lose, and our love become a funeral pile. And finally, you may have noticed it, but the mono seems to have a washy quality over the mix, almost sounding like there was heavy noise reduction applied, but there definitely wasn't, at least that would give the same effect. It's most notable in the drums, the cymbals, and especially in the closing roll, which I'm going to highlight for you here. We'll play the nice crisp stereo for you first, and then again with the rather washy mono. And again, in mono. Flipping the LP over, we got our second cover here, Backdoor Man. Now, there's not too many differences again, but in the solo, the organ gets very buried by comparison, while in the stereo, it obviously stands out far more. Let's hear that solo and pay attention to the organ in stereo first, and then we'll move to the mono where that organ almost disappears. Into mono. Now here's another interesting fader-driven dynamic shift. The verse after the solo is dynamically dropped down in mono to give it more of dynamic shift, while in stereo this remains the same volume. What I'm going to do is play you this verse in stereo first, where things remain kind of consistent, shall we say, and then again in mono, where things drop down and provide a more effective ramp from the instrumental break into the next chorus. So, stereo first. You mean it's your dinner, it's all pork and beans. I eat more chicken than a man ever seen. Yeah. I'm a man. And now again, in mono. You mean it's your dinner, it's all pork and beans. I eat more chicken and I Looked At You has, again, the usual deal with the drums and the general crispiness of the track. The post-chorus here, however, really stands this out, as the Cause It's Too Late vocal just seems to get absolutely demolished in mono, almost sounding like the tape is having issues just on that track, as the rest of the song doesn't sound quite as faltering, shall we say. There's also a less obvious bass overdub in mono. In stereo, this is quite clear in the center channel, but in mono, this, probably due to EQs, does not stand out at all. Let me play the chorus for you first in stereo with the defined bass and the very clear vocal, and then again in mono, where the vocal just gets absolutely destroyed and the bass overdub becomes rather inaudible. And again, in mono. Too late, too late, too late, too late. 
a very mysterious and ominous track has a great deal to enjoy in the mono it's arguably more mysterious in its mix and balance and packs a bigger punch to the final section however this is once again let down by the eq issues and of course the crunch that we encounter at the end and the stereo as a result offers up a cleaner and more pleasant but still mysterious experience what I'm going to do is play you a section of the first half of the track in stereo first and then we'll move into what I feel is the more mysterious mono and then we'll go to the final section where it punches in in mono and analyse that shift and then play that again in stereo where that shift is less so. So, earlier section first in stereo. Take the highway to the end of the Mono. Take a journey to the right midnight, end of the night, end of the night, realms of And now let's hear that dynamic shift to the last chorus, first in mono. with less shift in stereo. song on the album shall we say the garage rocking take it as it comes has quite a key difference right at the intro which gives quite a different texture between the two in stereo there's a hi-hat tapping away in the left channel before the drums enter completely while in mono this hi-hat has been muted and the drums enter in with the first snare fill this gives quite a different texture to the way it starts and i'm going to play both for you before we analyze the rest of the track starting with the stereo and then again in mono. And again in mono. Obviously, as you probably picked up by that, we got the usual crunch and drum boost going on once again and to hear a section of that with a different balance as well, we're gonna to move to the bridge. Here, the bass is extremely low in the mix and the organ bass by comparison is right up. If you're listening in stereo, you'll notice that the organ bass is panned off to the left where it's kind of having almost a synthy sound to it by comparison, while the bass, as usual, is panned centrally. They kind of meld together quite well in the stereo, but in mono, obviously, they balanced it in a different fashion. So, let's start with the stereo so you can pick out the different elements, and then move to the mono, where things balance up a bit differently, but you get that crunch and obviously harsher drum mixing.
into mono. Take it as it comes, now the final track on the album is the 11 plus minute track, The End. Now there's obviously a lot to unpack here and thankfully it doesn't change in some of the mixing ideas too much but there's definitely a few periodical things we need to point out. But to start we're going to take a look at the way the elements are balanced in the mix. The mono seems to have a bit more of an ambience to it, with more emphasis on the room mic if you like than the kind of close mic sound of the drum kit. This is kind of across all elements, but it's most notable on the drums, as in stereo they're nice and crisp in the left channel, but in mono it sounds like they're down the hall. This adds a nice texture to the track that I do really enjoy, and really gives them a different flavour. There are moments where this changes and we'll get to that next, but for now here's a section of the verse, shall we say, starting with the crisper stereo and moving to the more ambient mono. This is the end, beautiful prayer. Into mono. This is the end, my only friend, the end of our I mentioned about the drums coming up, and this happens definitely later in the track, but a key example of this is on one of the drum fills at about 2 minutes 10. Briefly, it's panned upwards and then obviously back down on the dry channel if you like. Let's hear that in stereo first, and then again in mono, where they sonically match very closely. And again, in mono. Something I do wish to point out, but it's hard to show on a track of this length, is that over time the mono does offer more dynamic variants, with the softer sections being much quieter when compared with the louder sections, which are obviously much louder. In stereo, there's still a nice dynamic balance, but it's probably likely due to the upfront drum mixing in stereo that this shift is less evident. However, with that in mind, let's look at a key example of dynamic shifting, and this is when Jim says, Mother, I want to, and we won't carry on with that, as he doesn't technically in the song, but in mono, the I want to is smashed on the volume by comparison to the previous line. In stereo, this doesn't happen to such a dramatic effect. Let's hear it in stereo first, where things remain a bit more constant, and then again in mono, where that I want to leaps up and obviously crunches up as well. Mother, I want to. And again in mono. Mother. I want to 
Now, once we finally get to the outro build in this track, this is where the drums are mixed in a much more upfront manner. However, we're going to look at a couple more elements, so keep this in mind as we go forwards, as you'll be able to hear it in these selections, shall we say. At 9 minutes 12, Jim is keeping a little rhythm for the band with some ad-libs, and he says what is colloquially known as the F-word, three times going, yeah. And in mono, this is slightly louder than in stereo. It's often said that you can hear this very clearly in mono, whereas in stereo it's inaudible. This was never meant to be heard, and more just a rhythmic timekeeping rather than censorship. And it's definitely in both mixes, but just appears a little more upfront in mono. Because of its notoriety, I'm going to show it here. So pay attention to this kind of rhythmic sound, shall we say, in the mono first, and then again in the stereo where it's a little bit lower. And again, pay attention to the way the drums are mixed in mono now, more closely matching the stereo. And again, in stereo. Moving slightly along to 9 minutes 23, the ad-libs which continue on from our previous one are much louder in mono, while in stereo they're mixed quite distantly, and I guess with more echo applied. Let's hear them first in mono, where they're dry and upfront, and then again in stereo, where they're wetter and distant, and probably quite easy to miss if you're listening on speakers. stereo. And the same applies for Jim's Cool. right at the end where he repeats this a few times this is upfront and dry in mono and distant and wet in stereo let's hit the mono first and then again in stereo and again in stereo. And with that rather dramatic and extensive track out the way, we finally come to the end of this wonderful, wonderful album. It took me a few years to really get to grips with it, but I recently did fall in love with this album, and due to some requests from people over at the lovely Steve Hoffman Music Forum, I thought, let's, let's, let's use it for the next one. I had some fun doing this, there wasn't too many differences, but the general texture of the mono compared with the stereo is quite notably different, and it meant that it made for quite an interesting analytical experience.
I would still stick with the stereo, though the mono does have its advantages, shall we say. It's just a shame that it experiences such dramatic crunch that seems to be within elements of the track itself rather than on the whole thing. I don't understand how this happened, but sometimes these compromising mixes do occur. Mono is often re-EQ'd differently for the players of the day as opposed to the stereo which seems a bit more audiophile in its balancing likely due to it almost being rushed off making it almost preferable generally but but obviously this varies from album to album i'm sure i'll get to the door's second album strange days which is meant to have some very interesting differences but i personally haven't got to that yet and i don't want to start my experience of it just by analyzing it of course and i'm sure any fans that am will understand such a thing with that said, I want to say thank you, thank you very much for listening. Remember, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can do so at backtomonoradio at gmail.com. And if you want a bit more mixology in your life, go over to the Back to Mono Patreon at patreon.com forward slash backtomono, where every mixology episode that you get on your podcasting services is greeted as a bonus by a mixology on 45 episode, where we look at A and B sides from classic singles that were never included on albums in their original country. This week, we're taking a look at The Monkeys, A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You, backed with The Girl I Knew Somewhere, both tracks having four unique mixes, making eight unique mixes across the episode in total, making it definitely quite a dive. Of course, there's far more episodes, and there's also far more Back to Mono content as well. So, remember, you can find that link down in the show notes. And I obviously want to say a huge thank you to all my current patrons, as you guys really do help keep the show going. But with all that said, remember, thank you so, so much for listening. And whoever you are, and wherever you are, have a great, great day. Yeah, I-